0: Good afternoon, welcome to another episode of Logan's Devotions. It's great to be together. Wonderful to open up God's word for another day and see what he has to say. We're turning through to Luke chapter 7, but before I read our passage, let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word, which is rich and true. We ask that you would encourage our hearts as we turn to it, and you would enable us to behold wondrous things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're turning through to Luke chapter 7. We're going to be looking at a long text today. We're looking at verse 18 of chapter 7, all the way through to verse 35. We're going to do it a little bit differently than normal, rather than be reading all of the text up front. We're going to break it into three chunks, because they're all kind of addressing the same thing. And I'll read each section as we come to each one of those points. Back in chapter 6, when Jesus was teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, one of the things we talked about was the fact that we judge a tree based off its fruit, and Jesus was exhorting the people before him, the disciples and also any of the crowd that would have been listening on, he exhorted them to faithfully not just say that they love Jesus, or say that they follow Jesus, not just to say Lord, Lord, but to produce fruit in keeping with that claim. They were to not just have a dead faith, like James talks about, but a living faith, which produces something. And in this section here, you might wonder to yourself what it's all about, but it's really just a narrative explanation Of that reality. So let's pick up at verse 18 and read to verse 23. The disciples of John reported all these things to him. And John, calling two of his disciples to him, sent them to the Lord, saying, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And when the men had come to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you, saying, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. So we get these disciples coming to Jesus, and they come to Jesus with a specific question. Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? John had stated that Jesus was the Lamb of God. And now maybe he's having second thoughts. And so he sends these men to ask Jesus the question, Did I get it wrong? Are you truly the one that you're claiming to be? Now, what does Jesus say in response? He doesn't say, yes, I am. Go back and tell him I'm the one. Rather, he says nothing. In that hour, he healed many people. He takes an action. He does the very thing that was prophesied would take place by the Messiah. He heals, he binds up wounds, he preaches the gospel, and then he tells them to report what they've seen. What's going on here? Jesus is not just claiming to be the Messiah, but he is bearing fruit in keeping with being the Messiah. And so the evidence is not just that Jesus says, Lord, Lord, I'm the Messiah, but he says, I'm the Messiah, and produces fruit in keeping with that claim. So Jesus does his own teaching and shows by his fruit the truth of who he is. Then we run into John the Baptist. And so we continue on in verse 24. When John's messengers had gone, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. When all the people heard this, and the tax collectors too, they declared God just, having been baptised with the baptism of John. But the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected the purpose of God for themselves, not having been baptised by him. What's going on here? Well, it's the same exact thing. Jesus now turns his attention to John the Baptist. And he says, effectively, well, what about John? What did John do? John was the prophet sent before Jesus. Whether he claimed it or not makes no difference. In fact, he did if you turn to John chapter 1. But John the Baptist produced fruit in keeping with his claim, didn't he? He didn't just claim to be the Elijah to come. He didn't just claim to be the one the messenger sent before the face of the Lord, but he did what was expected of him. He declared and revealed the coming Messiah. He said, I am glad to be least. I must be least, but he must be more. I must decrease. He must increase. He didn't just say, Lord, Lord. But he did that which was expected of him. But now we're met with one more group. And it's already kind of been introduced to us at the ending of that section we just read. The Pharisees and the lawyers rejected the purpose of God for themselves, not having been baptized by him. And then Jesus speaks to that group, but also of those around him. And so we've, we've been confronted by Jesus and John the Baptist, and then Jesus says... To what then shall I compare the people of this generation? And what are they like? They are like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to one another, We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not weep. For John the Baptist has come eating no bread and drinking no wine, and you say he has a demon. The son of man has come eating and drinking, and you say, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is justified by all her children. What's going on here? We're confronted with the generation, the present generation. What's, what's going on with this present generation? Well, they're claiming things. We played the flute for you. We sung a dirge for you. We came to you. We made statements about you. But things didn't match, did it? They laid accusations against John the Baptist. They rejected him. They laid accusations against Jesus Christ. They rejected him. And to summarize in the teaching words of Jesus, wisdom is justified by all her children. By children, it means deeds. So, Jesus claimed something and produced fruit in keeping with it. John the Baptist claimed something and produced fruit in keeping with it. But the children of that generation, that generation, they claimed something. But their deeds did not justify them. It's exactly the same type of language that James uses in chapter 2. In James 2, we saw this when we went through the book, he talks about Us being justified by works. What it means by that is that our works show, prove, justify that our faith is true. And that's what's going on here. Jesus is challenging the hearers. Luke is challenging Theophilus to consider himself. And the word of God is challenging you and I. Do we claim one thing and produce something very different? That's the challenge, isn't it? Do we claim Lord, Lord, and yet produce something that's not in keeping with that claim? It's a stark challenge, and one which we all must be challenged by. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Thank you for this challenge. Lord, we do long to know you and love you, so help us to produce fruit that we might be children of wisdom, children of God.